Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 169 of the Mandolins and Beer podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe. It's also brought to you in part by Acoustic Disc, where they should be announcing their newest release. I should know that by next week, but you can know that as soon as it happens by going to Acoustic Disc's website right now and signing up for the newsletter. You'll not only get all the information about Acoustic Disc, but they send out one free song a week. So go sign up at Acoustic Disc right now. It's also brought to you in part by Grace Design Preamps. There's a reason why you see some of your favorite acoustic artists plugged into those silver or black boxes at the stage. If they're playing acoustically and have to plug in, they're probably plugging into a Grace Design Preamp. So thank you so much to Grace Design. Go to their website today and pick up your Grace Design Preamp. I want to send out real quick uh, my condolences to the uh, friends and family of Dix Bruce. Uh, I never got to meet him. But I am definitely familiar with the name and his voice because I probably have 10 of his books over here by my side. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a lot of really heartfelt posts out there. And I just wanted to send my condolences to everyone who who knew him and, you know, and, and to uh, just like, take a moment just to thank him for all the inspiration and all the things I learned um, from his books. So my condolences to Dix Bruce. Okay, uh, it is February 3rd. 2023. If you're listening today, it's Bandcamp Friday. That means you can go to Bandcamp and get all your favorite artists' albums, and they get the proceeds. It's a great thing that Bandcamp has been doing now for a few years, and it really helps the artist out. I say it uh, every time it happens. I say it during the podcast with Nick. It, you know, if you have a, a, a musician that you love, they only usually put out an album every two years or so. So if you can spend the uh, 10 or $15 on them, it makes a huge difference for the artist. You know, it's a lot of time and it's a labor of love most of the times. And the streaming services are great. If you can go out and listen to it and support them, that's fantastic. Um, but if you can afford to, to spend the money to buy their release, that, that works out even better for them and helps them recoup some of that money. So there's not a whole lot of money in the uh, record business any longer. So, by the way, I want to thank, I've had a whole bunch of patrons recently kind of join on. And so that has inspired me. And hopefully mid next week, I'm in the middle of recording a bonus episode. And it is basically based around how different people approach solos on the same song. So for instance, Columbus Stockade Blues go through everybody from Monroe to Jolliffe and listen to how they approach it and kind of take some of the the cool riffs and and play them for you and yeah it should be fun man it's nerdy but I like it so if you want to go over to the Patreon you can uh, sign up for as little as one dollar a month so thank you to all my new patrons I truly appreciate it there's a real great Zoom workshop coming up here, by the way, February 25th, 1 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time by Isaac Eicher, former guest of the show. It's a jazz mandolin workshop, and it gets even more mind-bending because he's got a special guest, and that is Jason Anik. Um, it's going to be awesome. Registration is open for February 25th's workshop. The workshop's only 45 bucks, three hours. It's $15 an hour. That is not bad. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be using some useful scales and shapes for playing jazz and an etude on the jazz standard, All of Me. Jason will be joining the workshop for the second half and answering questions about all things jazz mandolin, including how he thinks about scales and shapes when improvising. That is going to be awesome. And I'll have the link in the description and at mandolinsandbeer.com. Hey, special shout out to my buddy Thomas Castle, by the way, for wearing one of my shirts on his Mandolin Monday. Uh, the shirts have been selling really quick since then. You can go to mandolinsandbeer.com and get them. I have them in black and white, and they're selling pretty quick. I'm running out of larges and extra larges. So if you want to get one, uh, shoot on over to mandolinsandbeer.com and pick one up. Let's get to the sponsors. Peghead Nation. With Peghead Nation streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass, you'll learn bluegrass and old time and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in Roots Music. They have the greatest lineup of mandolin instructors out there. It's massive. Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Fibus, Chad Manning, and Ian Curry. Everything from beginner to advanced jazz ideas to active mandolin. They have got it all. It includes high quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab play along tracks and plenty of tunes and songs to play the best part 
As if you joined any of Peghead Nation's video courses, now you get your first month for free. Go to pegheadnation.com, use the promo code MANDOLINBEER, all one word, at checkout. Northfield Mandolins, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com or download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Pava Mandolins, Pava Mandolins dedicated to building for the impassioned player. They're out of Austin, Texas, and you can find some of those beautiful Pava Mandolins at elderlyinstruments.com. Elderly Instruments is your trusted source for new, used, vintage, fretted, and stringed instruments. For the experience of the beginner player, kind of like Peghead Nation. Their vast selection of mandolins, guitars, banjos, ukuleles, and did I say mandolins, includes all of the accessories and books to go with them. All the instruments are inspected and set up for easy playability, and their down-to-earth and knowledgeable staff are there to help. They're in their 50th, 51st year of business, I should say. They're family-owned and operated. They ship worldwide. You can visit them anytime at elderly.com. You can give them a phone call at 517-372-7880. Better yet, if you find yourself in Michigan, make a trip there and tell them Daniel Patrick says hello. All right, let's get into this episode with Nick Dumas. Nick's got a brand new album out. It's killer. Nick is a great player. It really blows my mind how his tone gets better and better. I mean, his tone was great years ago on those special consensus recordings, and uh, he sounds phenomenal on this new record. We talk about the new record. We talk about how he works on his tone. We talk about all sorts of stuff. So go on out and make sure you purchase Nick's new album. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Cheers, everybody. I've been there for certain, and it might. All right, well, it's my pleasure to welcome back Nick Dumas to the podcast. Nick, how you doing? I am great, Daniel. How you doing today, man? Doing great. Uh, I I was complaining Excellent. about the cold weather in Charleston today <laughs> at, at forty eight degrees, and then you informed me it was a a balmy one. Oh, <laughs> in balmy Wisconsin. one degree, and it has actually warmed up. It was negative five when I got up this morning. So wow! But the sun is out. It's nice in the sun, so <laughs> I can't complain too much, right? That makes a huge difference, though, if you if you have some sunshine, I find. February can be a dreary month. Oh, it, man, tell me about it. The, the last couple months have been horrible. It's been so gray and cold and windy up here. It's just like I was getting some cabin fever going on. <laughs> but it's nice now. It's not windy. It's sunny. It's just cold, but I'll take it. You had, didn't you just have to cancel a show due to bad weather on your way to Spigma as well? I did, yeah. We were playing the show, um, and a friend of mine has a loft show. It's LX Loft Shows in, in uh, Cuba, Missouri, just about an hour and a half out of St. Louis. And uh, they had a huge snowstorm come through on the Wednesday last week. And um, we were supposed to play down there. Well, you know, the South isn't prepared for snow. You know, they, they just don't have the snow removal equipment like we do up here up North and and people don't drive in it as much. And just thought it was probably best to cancel the show for everybody's safety. And, and we were worried about even getting there. And it turns out my bass player's flight got canceled anyway. So it's a good thing that happened, but we're bummed. We're bummed. We had to cancel it, but so, so as it goes, I mean, I think in, in instances like that, everybody completely understands, you know, especially like the safety portion, you know, now, that was the thing, you know, I mean, especially, like I said, for an area that's not super prepared for that type of weather, you know, safety is our number one concern. You know, we want to make sure nobody tries to get to a show and gets in an accident. I'd feel horrible if that happened, you know, but there will be more shows and that's all that matters. <laughs> and um, you were saying Spigma was a great turnout this year. Maybe the best turnout you've seen. It's one of the better, definitely one of the better turnouts I've seen. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people that have been going to Spigma way longer than I have been, but um, we went last year, of course, you know, that was the first Spigma after the pandemic. And last year was about, I don't even want to say it was even half of the normal attendance. It was so quiet. It was almost creepy. Um, but this year, man, it was 100% full throttle. Everyone was there. The the lobby, you could hardly get through. Jams everywhere. Um, so many cool people were hanging around. We had some great jams in our hotel room. And the award show being moved to Saturday, I, I was telling you this earlier, uh, this was probably one of the best moves Spigma could have done because now that brings people to the award show instead of Sunday night when everybody has to like drive home and such. 
biggest crowd I've ever seen personally for the award show. It was amazing. They had they had to extend the room. Actually, they had to take some of the dividers out to make room for more chairs. Whoa! Did they really? Yeah. Wow. It was excellent. It was excellent. It was excellent, and it was a great show. We had a we had a blast. It always goes by too quick. <laughs> they always do. It's weird. It goes by so quick because sleep is never <laughs> is never part now, of the equation. What, what, sleep. What is what is that? What is yeah. that word? I don't think that I don't think that word applies to stigma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was great. It was great. And then um, my band, uh, Nick Dumas and Branchline played the main stage Thursday night. And it was uh, it was great. You know, they have a great turnout for the crowd on Thursday, you know, 530. It was wonderful. It was it was great. It was a great weekend. How'd you come up with Branchline for the name? I love it. I'm a train guy. Yeah. And uh, I always wanted to have like a, a train related band name and, and a friend of mine suggested hey you know what about branch line you know you got the branch line off the main line and and uh like hey nick dumas and branch line that kind of has a cool cool ring to it so i stuck with it how is it how is it like fronting your own band now i mean because you've been in you know you bet well you were in special consensus and then you know doing your own thing but like now you're you're doing it doing it (laughs) yeah man it it is a lot of fun and terrifying at the same time (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of work you know uh, after being in uh being in special consensus for four years i saw you know saw greg cahill working his tail off all the time you know because i mean the band has the band has a booking agent but you know he had enough work to do himself and now i'm starting to understand you know what he goes through and what all other band leaders go through you know there's definitely a lot of work when it comes to booking and travel logistics and money and all that all that stuff but i'm i'm loving it i'm enjoying it so much and uh the group i have together when when all of them can make it is just phenomenal i'm i couldn't be any more thankful and couldn't be having any more fun with this with this particular group you seem like you'd be a good guy to lead a band though man you're you're, a you're super nice and talented but you also have (laughs) energy you know what i mean and that that's a big thing i I try (laughs) there's sometimes man we like like spigma we don't get much sleep and we got to go somewhere after that it's like oh that wasn't the best decision to not sleep (laughs) you know (laughs) but i i i'm I, I just I love the music so much and I love I love the the crew and and it's just I, I doesn't it's like kind of a pinch me in my dreaming moment, you know. I I just I'm so happy. I love it. Where's most of the band located at for you when you travel? <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Truly all over the place. Um so like when they're available, um I get I like to get Carly Arrowwood and Daniel Thrailkill to come play fiddle and guitar um when they're open because they got their own things going too she's got her own band she's running and then daniel is plays with her and uh, they're they're married by the way and then um and then daniel also plays some with the the trailblazers but whenever they're available and can come on the road with me they're always my first call and uh, they've been able to make pretty much every show so far and it's just coming together nicely but they're in Newton, north carolina and then uh, my banjo player is Will McSeveny. He, uh, I grew up with him out in Seattle, but he lives in Nashville, Tennessee now. And he's also the, the head honcho of uh, Skyline Records out of, out of Nashville. He's the CEO of that place. And then uh, my bass player, uh, who I try to get as regular as I can, lives out in Seattle. His name's Andrew Knapp, and uh, he's one of the best bass players I've ever ever heard and ever played with. And he's an incredible guy to travel with. Always so happy. I, I love the guy to death. And then my dobro player lives in Squamish, British Columbia, Canada, <laughs> and his name's Michael Kilby, and he is an incredible musician, incredible dobro player, one of the best I've ever again i've ever heard and uh i feel lucky to have them it's worth flying everybody from literally all corners of the continent <laughs> <laughs> yeah and me in wisconsin in the northern middle yeah do you do all the booking yourself yeah i am doing most of it um uh, will and i will mcseveny and i kind of we split the duties every now and then but I'm, I'm starting to take over most of it and uh it's not it hasn't it's, it hasn't been too bad so far so Maybe maybe one of these days we'll get a booking agent down the road. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. How about flights and stuff too? Is that all on that all on your plate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all me. Yeah. That's all me. But I don't mind it. I kind of I kind of like doing that stuff, doing the logistics and everything, making sure everything's going to time out just right and get us to the gig on time. 
Well, good for you, dude. It's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about this new album. Um, first of all, it's called Details. It came out just a few yeah. weeks ago. It's so good, man. You, oh, man. You've got a, a great album here. And we were just talking. <laughs> Jason Carter, uh, fiddle player from Traveling McCurry's and Del McCurry, just put yes. out an album. And you're looking at the Bluegrass charts today. You said he has what, like seven or eight spots on the Bluegrass yeah. today chart. Yeah, he is. He's owning the charts today. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. But you are no stranger yourself to the bluegrass charts. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I'm always I'm always honored to to see any of my songs on the charts, and uh, it, it never feels real to me. And I would imagine, too, it's got to be pretty cool to, you know, whenever I turn on XM and I'm in the truck, I, I, I run across you on the XM pretty frequently. I, I'd imagine that's pretty yeah. cool feeling to hear your song on the radio. Huh? Man, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful to, you know, Kyle Cantrell and the, the whole crew there at Sirius XM for for playing my, my music. You know, uh, we go to town, uh, one of the songs off the new record, man, they've been, they've been playing the heck out of that thing. And almost every time I get in the truck that I end up seeing it getting played and it's still surreal. I mean, getting to get to see my name on the Sirius XM bluegrass junction channel, you know, as a channel, I've listened to that channel my whole life and never dreamed they'd be seeing my music on there. It, it truly, truly is an honor that they even want to play it. <laughs> I'm I'm so thankful. And then um, this is also the first time that you've put out that your last album was independently released, but then you just signed Correct. on to Skyline Records. Yeah, Sky. Yep, Skyline has uh, man, they're, they're doing some incredible things. You know, Will McSevney over there, and uh, I'm 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 a little bit involved with that as well. And uh, you know, it's it's a cool label. You know, we got two new artists signed on there as well. Dalton Harper and Caroline Owens is uh, our most recent uh, artist signed that we signed to the record record label. And um, I just love everything that the label is doing. You know, the put together this record for me, and it's above and beyond everything I would have ever expected. And I'm I'm very I'm very happy with how everything turned out and the whole crew on the record is dream team for me. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some of the people that recorded on this album. I'm looking at the names on here and it literally looks like a uh, nominee list for IBMA. <laughs> <laughs> well, some some of them honestly they deserve the award every year in my opinion. But yeah, I um I had Carly Arrowwood come and play fiddle uh, and sing um, sing some harmonies throughout the whole record she did a phenomenal job she's one of my favorite fiddle players and singers in this world she's just flat out incredible um then i had uh, banjo split between three of them uh russ carson did uh about half the record and then caleb smith played uh, most of the other ones on the banjo and i did have scott vestal on one song as well we recorded the whole record at scott's uh, digital underground studio and outside of nashville there and we couldn't be any more thankful for him. He's amazing. And then um, I got Kenny Smith on guitar. Whew. That guy <laughs> blows me away. Yeah, me too. He's 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 been my favorite guitar player forever, and to have him on my have him on my record is that that is a dream come true. And he was so much fun to work with in the studio, and had some great ideas he brought to the table. And yeah, I definitely definitely want to work with him again. Um, on Dobro, I had Jeff Parton, and mind-blowing, as always, uh, watching him play and come up with ideas on the Dobro, just all of our jaws were to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Um, then I had a dear friend of mine, uh, Jed Clark, playing bass, and he, he held down everything as perfectly as I ever imagined. And then uh, singing the harmonies, uh, baritone harmonies, was Zach Topp out of nashville tennessee and um he's making quite a name for himself in the country world and in bluegrass i grew up grew up playing music with him out in washington state and uh, it's great to have him on the 
on the album doing some singing with me so but yeah that's that's the crew that played on the record and that was produced by by will mcseveny of skyline records as well how long did you do um the recording process for man it went by really fast it was probably the fastest recording i've ever been part of just everybody there was so good i mean it, it, it was it was the easiest quickest recording we started it um in late january it was mid early early january early mid january of last year so 21 2021 had a two had three days set aside we did a rehearsal day the first day and then went and cut songs the next two days and then had another session um it was right after Spigma, actually. A couple weeks after Spigma, came down and and did the rest of it. Same same kind of a schedule. Practice the first day, and then uh, then go and cut the songs the, the next two days, and that was it. We had a couple. I think we had one overdub day after that, and uh, that was it. It was crazy fast, and it was it was super easy. Those guys those guys made it easy. You know, their <laughs> encouragement, their their just knowledge of the music and their ideas and incredible musicianship just made it so so easy. It's like I mean, I I if I do another record, it'd be hard not to get that whole same crew on it again. Oh yeah, I I, I can see why. It's 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 truly a blessing, man. Uh, I'm very very thankful to to have the record in my hands, you know. <laughs> How did you go about picking the tunes for the record? Because they're, I mean, the, the whole thing is just from top to bottom filled with just some amazing songs. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, it was it was a fun process. Will and I, uh, we reached out to a lot of songwriters. A few of them are originals. Um, there are a couple of original tunes like Bozeman uh, is an instrumental tune of mine I came up with. Soul is a song that my mother, Tammy Christensen, and I wrote years ago. Uh, Harvest Sky is one um, I've come up with a kind of a just some, I honestly don't know where that melody came from. It's something I'd been messing around in my head for the past decade and just kind of built off of it, I guess. It's one of those where you just don't really know where they came from, but... Uh, see are there any other originals on it no but then the rest of the songs we we messaged like tim stafford and becky bowler uh daniel uh daniel salyer wrote a couple songs on there as well and um you know they sent us a whole bunch of songs and we were kind of going off the theme we wanted the theme to be relatable you know have songs that have messages that are just truly relatable for just about anybody and um they sent us some great 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 songs and uh it was hard to there was there was some it's like there were so many to choose from it was hard to just choose one or two you know <laughs> then we'd have a 30 we'd have a 30 song album if we choose chose them all <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it's got to be tough just just from the names you mentioned and you know the amount of songs is they they all write such great tunes oh they do and Rick Rick Lang is another one as well. I want to mention Rick is incredible. He we got a got a song riding the Boston and Maine. It's a train song. Got to have a train song on my records. Being being a train buff, and Tim Stafford and Rick Lang, they just knocked it out of the park with that song. I love it. The, when I first heard that song, the single, I was like, man, this is yeah. this is this is. If Nick wouldn't have recorded this, I would be devastated for him because this seems like the perfect <laughs> song for him. <laughs> it, 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 it is. It is. You know, it's a perfect train song. And, you know, it's not one of those 
you know, here comes the choo-choo going down the track. <laughs> it, it has a lot of, lot of cool uh, terminology through it, and and those are the type of songs that I really want to try to try to find when it comes to railroad and such. Hats off to you, by the way, too, because your original stands there with songs written by some of the best in the business. I think that's oh, great, man. man. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, it's I try to make them blend in as best as I can, but you know, I'm of course I'm always my own worst critic. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm really, like I said, really happy with how everything turned out. It, it turned out above and beyond any of my expectations, and I'm just just blessed to have it. And like I said, Skyline Records has been has been wonderful, and they've been doing great things. And I'm 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 really happy with how that that whole label's taken off. It's it's awesome. From demo to a recording, do the songs change much from when you present yeah. them? Yeah. 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 They usually do. It's usually more arrangement stuff. Um, we might change a couple chords here and there to maybe kind of flow along with the melody and and the, the phrasing a little bit more. But um, usually, yeah, like a lot of times I just came up with uh, just kind of a bare bones arrangement you know, I'll just play guitar and sing and I sent it to everybody. And when we all got together to practice, excuse me, that's when the, uh, the ideas started flowing, you know, Kenny Smith, as I mentioned earlier, he's a genius, you know, he, the ideas that come through his head, something I would never think of. And Jeff Parton as well was, was really involved with a lot of the uh, arrangement set up on a lot of these songs and some of these guys would be like hey what if we tried a four chord here instead of a five or hold this four chord out an extra measure and see what this feels like and and just little things like that to help the song really come to life was it was amazing just to sit and kind of witness even though i was part of it it was it was incredible it's like man this is this is too cool and so yeah a lot of the songs that ascend um i think there's there's a couple uh a couple songs that were pretty close to the demos we maybe added a couple licks or something here and there to them and and then uh made it made it our own that way but most of the time yeah they they do change they do change a little bit if you tweak something that that you get from a songwriter is that something you have to kind of give them a heads up on or can you just go ahead and 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 do that no, just kind of, just kind of, just do it. As long as it's like you're not changing it completely. Like so I'd say, if we like change some lyrics or something like that, then yeah, I would contact them. Uh, but I think as far as like the musical arrangements are concerned, it's usually not not too big of a deal, at least in my experience. Um, but yeah, definitely like lyric changing and such, definitely run by them. Yeah, I would imagine that would be a uh, hey, <laughs> recorded your song. I changed, like, hey, I changed all the words. We added though. a whole new verse. <laughs> yeah, you're we gonna love a, it. We man. added a whole new verse. You'll, 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 it's great. It's great. <laughs> Trust no, me. I would, I would definitely never do that without contacting them. Sure, sure. Do you have a uh, do you have a studio highlight that 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 might have stood out in your mind while you're in the middle of all this? <sighs> man, that's tough every moment was awesome um actually there was one song that we did i'm trying to remember what song i think it was bozeman it, it was my, my one my original uh, instrumental and that's a song that i always like i i could hear kenny smith playing guitar on it though like since i wrote it and that was also a that was a big thrill for me and then we started going into a solo it was just like exactly what i was hearing in my head and i just kind of had a moment i'm like man this is so cool <laughs> you know this is exactly what i was dreaming of and and it's happening right now i'd say that was one of the coolest moments but the whole experience was just was just awesome everybody was a great hang and we were cracking jokes all the time having so much fun and it, it was it, it was like a vacation for me it wow, was so that's, cool that's great yeah, I'm I'm very 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 thankful for everyone involved on it. Let's talk. Let's get nerdy with some of the equipment and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, first off, I, what what mandolin did you use? I think I have a, probably a, an idea, but yeah, yeah. What 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 is your idea? I'm I, I would think you're you're trained the the, the train hide, but am I incorrect? 
You are actually incorrect. Um, wow. The train mandolin stayed at home. Uh, so I actually used my uh, my first. I saw so all all three of my mandolins are Hind mandolins, Hind custom instruments built by Steve Hind over in New New Hartford, Iowa. And um, I actually played the first mandolin I got from Steve. Uh, this number twenty seven. It's an F model. I, the one I played with Special C for four years, and that mandolin records so incredibly well i love the tone it gives i know the feel of it really really well and the other mandolins that the, the train the one with the train on the headstock and then i also have an a model they're also incredible mandolins the a model did make it on on i believe two songs old soul and how many towns is the a model But um, yeah, the steam train stayed at home. <laughs> it stayed. It stayed in the shed. Um, but I decided to do the to do those two, and um, you know, I I love it. I love all three of the mandolins equally. They all have their own voice, and they're they're just incredible. Steve's Steve Hines' consistency on his builds is some of the best out there, in my opinion. Yeah, you've been playing that A on the on the internet uh, quite a bit on some of your clips in the past few months. Yeah, I've had a lot of people um, expressing interest in his A models, so I was posting a few more videos of that, and and people really liking it. That mandolin is opening up so much. That's the newest one I've had. I've had it for a little over a year now, and uh, the steam locomotive mandolin I've had for about two years, and then the the first one was oh shoot, probably going on six seven years now. So it's definitely the most broken, and uh, so that's the one. That, that's the one that I just I just know well for recording and and know it's never going to disappoint. And then I know the other ones wouldn't either. But, but yeah, those are my go tos. I, I love them. I couldn't be any happier with my mandolins. Yeah, you're a uh, a great uh, endorsement for for his instruments. He's super nice. I got to meet him at IBMA and play a few of them as well. Oh yeah, Steve is. Yeah, I mean, shoot, you couldn't be supporting a nicer guy. He's an incredible person. I've, I've uh, gained an incredible friendship with he and his wife, Missy, and they're, they're like family to me. Oh, well, that's great to hear. Yes, sir. How did, uh, how much would you wake it up with? To be honest with you, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he had, uh, it was a couple, it was a, it was a pair of pencil mics and they weren't anything like they weren't like Neumann's or anything like that. I, I I'd have to pull up a picture, but, um, you know, they were fairly inexpensive mics that sounded incredible. And it's like, you know, anything Scott puts in front of me, I trust. Uh, but yeah, he had two, two, two different, uh, two different pencil mics, uh, kind of one, one up towards the top of my mandolin, and the other one towards the bottom F hole to kind of capture all of the tones coming out of the instrument, not a whole lot of pick noise at the same time. And, um, I'm, I'm thrilled with, with the sound that came out of those mics. I'll have to I'll have to check and see what those mics were again. But so, sorry, I can't remember what they are at the moment. No, I think it's a great example of um, you know it's you can record with anything if you have great tone coming out of your hands. That's a, that's a that's a big thing, you know. Having if you can pull the best tone out of the instrument, I feel like he you know Scott captured that tone as good as anybody. Um, I'm I'm really happy with it. I mean, it sounds I. It, if you want a mandolin through a mic to sound like it's just you're sitting there playing it in the room with you with with another right in front of you you know what i mean and he captured that he did a great job and i'm, I'm he did that with everybody you know everybody's tone was phenomenal and i think that's one thing that makes the record sound just that so much more true you know what i mean absolutely when you went into the studio how much time did you have to spend like getting your tone like did you just kind of set up mics and pretty much ready to go yeah he had a setup you know scott had messaged me uh days prior asking you know who all is coming what they're playing and so he had everything pretty much set up in the studio when we went in there so we we got in the booths and and um you know we checked tones and levels and such like that it didn't maybe it all took about all but a half hour probably and then we started started cutting started cutting tracks that's, that's fast that's great yeah yeah, I love it. Yeah, Scott definitely he he knows what he's doing, and he he's he's done it a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> As I have I have all my trust. Now, what about strings and picks? Because you were an elixir guy, 
Yeah, I yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. I still can't believe they stopped making mandolin strings. I hope they. I hope they make them again, but they don't seem excited to think about the idea. So, um, I was using elixirs. I still have a few sets of those left. I'm cherishing them. <laughs> I could probably. I could probably sell them for five hundred bucks if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> start start a little string store. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now I'm gonna hang on to them, use them. Uh, but I've been uh, I've been really digging the Diodario XS strings. Um, they they're newer a newer. Have you? I don't know if you've tried them, but they're they're a newer uh, line of strings from Diodario, and they have a very similar coating to what Elixir uh, had on their mandolin strings. But the thing I like about these is they offer them in phosphor bronze instead of just the eighty twenty bronze. And I love the phosphor. Man, I really, really like the tone coming out of them. They don't last quite as long as the elixirs, but they last longer than any set of Diodarios I've ever used. Wow. So I'm I'm a believer. There you go. <laughs> I'm I'm a fan. There's that's uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not too heartbroken that Elixir's not making strings anymore because we I found this great replacement. <laughs> now did you use any of those elixirs on the recording or no? Uh, yes, those were elixirs on the recording. Yeah, I was like, if you're going to stay in for a special moment, that seems like a pretty big special moment. That's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hanging on for like the recording sessions and stuff. I I recorded a little bit on Carly Arrowwood's newest project that's that's coming out soon too, and I saved a set of elixirs for that those sessions also, <laughs> so it worked out well. But yeah, I, I'm really happy with those with the excess strings and then picks. Um, I was a long time blue chip pick user. I've, they've they've been they've been wonderful i like the tpr 60 a lot but lately i've been uh picking a little bit on tone slabs oh yeah um have you tried i don't know if you've tried any of those out but man frank sullivan and his crew are knocking them out of the park i've i've um, got a couple from them and i've been using them almost exclusively and they're phenomenal picks i love the tone that comes out of them yeah, I, I'm I'm a believer in what they're doing, man. Uh, they are. I I feel like they're revolutionizing the pick world, and I, I I can't put them down. They're awesome. I really love the the how they adhere to your finger. It's really bizarre how that yes. works. <laughs> yeah, like 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 the 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 blue chip picks. The, the, sometimes it can be a little slippery, right? And 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 again, I love I love I love Matthew and and his crew there with blue chip. They've been incredible to me and and still are. Um, but the tone slabs are they just kind of mold to your finger. I, I love that, and and the tone that that gets pulled out of it. I mean, I, I I remember they were telling me they're kind of wanting the, the the tone of tortoise, but the longevity of like of like like compared to a blue chip, and they're they're nailing it. It's awesome. That's great. I was going to ask you about the longevity portion of it because that's another. Yeah, that was one of the things about blue chip too that was really appealing. Is man, you would yes, they do wear out. You know, but it's it's oh, yeah. slow. After and, a, it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, and even when they wear, though, it was a really slow wearing out. Like you really didn't even notice until you would look and be like, "Oh yeah, I guess." Yeah, I, guess I did kind of play this one a bunch. <laughs> what have you been up? What have you been working on as far as when you woodshed, man? Because your tone, your tone's always been great, but dude, I'm telling you, this oh, this recording, um, it, y- your mandolin tone is just. Uh, y- next level again which is really impressive <laughs> well, well thank you i i that means a lot i just play man um you know i do a lot of teaching that's kind of my main gig um i, I think i was doing that when we when we had our last interview um but that's still you know i'm always looking for new students but whenever we're whenever i'm teaching you know i'm playing and not only am i showing people what i do but I feel like I'm also still refining my own playing in the, in the meantime, you know, it's the, the time I get to play the most, but I'm always, always searching for ways to get better tone and more note clarity. And honestly, these tone slab picks have helped with that a little bit too. And they've made it, made a big difference. And they, you know, just, I just play, just play the songs. I know, learn new songs, come up with ideas, come up with solo ideas. If I'm writing something or, I just just keep just keep playing and your the craft will get better. 
practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And one of the things that's really impressive about your playing has always been um, from, since the first time I heard you playing on uh, special consensus recording is uh, you can play fast, but you don't sacrifice tone for playing fast. And again, even on this album, I'm trying to think of what solo it is off of the special consensus. It might even be, um, oh, uh, way down the river road. Oh, oh, that song was stupid fast. Yeah, it's a burner. <laughs> and it's one like if I'm ever if I ever feel like I need to work on tone and tempo, that's one that I go back and rework on again. Like I learned it a while back and spent so much time on it. But then even on this recording, man, it just it, like your tone is and it you had great tone then, but it sounds even more full during the fast stuff you know now and so for somebody who's out there trying to get that that's one thing that i think in the top things of people looking to get better at it's play faster but what they forget when they're playing faster is you still want to sound good yeah you want to sound good yeah so if a student comes to you what's what's some advice you would give them on that i my my biggest advice well one of two things or so number one of the two things is Make sure your pick direction is where it needs to be. Having correct pick direction will help the faster playing just kind of flow smoothly. If your pick direction's off, it's just going to lock you up. It's like hitting a brick wall, and you, you just, you're just you just going to get locked up and not be able to continue on. The other thing is keep that right hand relaxed. Well, right hand and left hand, but keep that right hand relaxed. The faster you go, naturally your body wants to tense up a little bit more. So that means you don't want to have a tight grip on that pick because the tighter you grip the pick, the more the pick's going to want to get stuck in between the strings and, and it just won't, it won't glide off and off, on and off the strings as easily. Keep as relaxed of a pick grip as you can. Not so relaxed where it's going to fall out of your hand, of course, but you can still pull that tone, still get that power. But, and, and I don't really dig the pick very deep into the strings either when I'm, when I'm playing fast, just, that way the more pick is between the strings the more chance you're going to have to lock up and get stuck um but you know play everything like say if there's a solo you're working on play that solo at whatever your most comfortable speed is until you can't get it any more perfect at that moment start bringing it up and usually with a metronome start bringing it up 10 beats a minute do it again get comfortable with it bring it up another 10 beats another 10 beats another 10 beats until you can't until you find your threshold once you find that threshold Double check everything. Don't double check your right hand. Make sure you're still relaxed. Make sure your left hand isn't tensing up and go past that threshold and see what you can do, you know? Um, but speed, you've got to make sure all your fundamentals, you have a lot of parameters to be met before you can play fast. And you want to make sure all those fundament fundamentals are in check. And then the speed comes, comes after that. I always tell people, I always tell my students that speed is kind of last on the priority list. You want everything to be quality, clean, good tone, good timing, good volume before you start really speeding things up. Oh yeah. And, and I love fast playing, but man, you know, I love just hearing fiddle tunes at like a medium fast tempo a lot of times. Cause I think it retains like the, like a groove of it, the vibe, you know, a, it a bounce as it opposed does. to it does. But I, I, I love a rip and tune. Don't get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, me too. Me too. I love a good fast song. Like this kind of it reminds me of my younger days when when I was still out in Seattle playing with a band called Northern Departure. We were we actually were a pretty popular band out there. But I remember all the older folks would come up to us. You need to slow down. You guys are playing too fast all the time. And 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 now that I look back, they were right, man. <laughs> we played everything so insanely fast. I watched an old video of us. I painfully watched an old video of us. <laughs> um, and man, everything we played was so fast. But you know what? I, I mean, a lot of the younger kids just go through that phase. Everything's got to be fast. But I feel like as I've grown as a musician, it's not all about speed. It's about the taste of what you're playing. It's about the ideas and you know, not how many licks you can throw into this solo, but what licks you throw in the solo around the melody, you know, keeping it is it, keeping it as tasteful as you can and not just a hundred percent mash all the time. <laughs> That's why I, I, I teach a lot of fiddle tunes because there's a lot of different things that you can do from these fiddle tunes to kind of craft your own solo, you know, and, and, you know, just kind of keep it, 
keep it a tasteful way of of creating things and that, that's kind of how i look at it now and and it's it's just so much better that way <laughs> in <laughs> right, my right. opinion per my personal opinion um but don't get me wrong i love to get some mash out there here and there oh, like, that's absolutely. what stigma's for man be mash all weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's right and i mean what, what fun is being able to play fast if you can't play fast every now and again <laughs> you know it is kind of it is kind of fun it's fun it it is so much fun. Like uh, the last song on on my newest record is "How Many Towns," and that's a burner. You know, we we needed to have at least one burner on the record. I remember going in this and not only in practice, but once we got in and uh, we were laying down the tracks, I remember when my solo came up, I was like, okay, this is faster than I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) I did it a few times until I was happy with it, but um, it's fun. It's just kind of gives that, gives you that, that rush, you know, it's like, Hey, I miss this. This is awesome. <laughs> Especially after being off the road with special C and then the whole pandemic happening, you know, man, I didn't get to play fast at all. So once I started getting my fast chops going again, I'm like, Ooh, I'm a little rusty at this. I need to, I need to play fast more often. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you learned or transcribed a tune that was like monumental for you because it was just like a, a real burner and you were just like holy cow i've learned this song yeah um that was uh daybreak and dixie i would i would say probably more like adam steffi's version of daybreak and dixie adam adam steffi slash sierra hull i kind of grabbed grabbed licks from both of those versions but that was a song i always grew up seeing them play and and hearing it on like adam's earlier solo record and i was like man i want to do that but actually the other one was Little Liza Jane off of Allison Krauss and Union Station, So Long, So Wrong. That was probably, I would say that one would be probably the more monumental one for me because I grew up listening to that record. That is still my favorite CD of all time. And that song, like I wanted to learn it so bad when I was a kid. I just, I just wasn't to that level to where I could do it. But once I started, you know, working and and trying to be a better player, started learning that and learning that and once i started getting it 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 was such a it was a monumental experience it was really really cool i was i was so happy i finally learned that song and it it was a cool feeling i still play a song here and there today every now we jammed it at ibma uh a couple times and it's like oh yeah this one's still really fast (laughs) (laughs) oh wow i love it man yeah yeah me too me too it's it's fun to bust those tunes out by the way, if they want to take lessons from you, where's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, probably through my website, nickdumasmusic.com. Um, I'm always looking for new students. Uh, I love it. I love teaching. I love getting people to fulfill their dream of playing a mandolin. You know, I'll do all levels, beginner to intermediate to advanced on mandolin. I also do beginner guitar lessons as well. Um, I'm definitely not as confident of a guitar player as I am on the mandolin, but I can still get the basics down and get some basic fiddle tunes and such. Um, But yeah, nickdumasmusic.com. You can find my first solo project on there as well. I have Nick Dumas and Branchline t-shirts and then all the info you need about lessons, contact infos on there as well. And then uh, tour schedule, all that fun stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of tour dates coming up in twenty twenty three for you. Uh, uh, not a whole lot, but enough, you know. But, but road dates, uh, I I could 
probably we might get a little a few more but once the summer hits we'll be playing a lot um in the in my barn in the backyard the fiddler's farm we have a, a music venue here in sturgeon bay wisconsin that we run music shows from memorial day weekend all the way through labor day weekend we do bluegrass classic country and western swing shows with the, the house band i play with um my wife plays fiddle my father-in-law plays guitar we got some good friends playing playing filling out the rest of the band with us so that's a lot of fun that keeps me busy in the summertime yeah that's nice and you get to sleep in your own bed exactly it's the commute <laughs> it's, the commute is wonderful <laughs> and then and then most most importantly where's the best place for people to buy the new album because this is um this is an important thing for me to for the artist yeah. because again we were just talking before the start of there's like bluegrass festivals that are no longer in existence right. this year um you know it's it's tough out there to make any yeah, money it's weird was, yeah and so where's the best place for people to buy this album so it'd be skyline records so skyline record label.com is where you can get it you can download the physical or you could get you purchase the physical copy and you will also get an immediate download link with that as well or you can just download the record itself off off of skyline records website you can do either one of those that's perfect and uh that's that's where i would do it i mean of course it's on all the streaming streaming platforms and such as well but as far as like as artist support and supporting not only the, the artist and the and the label that'd be the way to do it because uh we all know streaming doesn't pay hardly anything <laughs> But yeah, skylinerecordlabel.com. And also you can subscribe to them and you get to hear um, all the updates on the new artists as well. Those new records are going to be phenomenal. Um, I had the pleasure of playing on Dalton Harper's new record, which was also recorded at Scott Vestal's place. It's it's going to be a great record. I'm super excited about that. And then, um, and then yeah, and as far as uh, everything else you can find on my record, uh, for my first record on my website, nickdumasmusic.com. Well, Nick, it is always a pleasure to talk with you, buddy. I love your, Likewise, you're just so energetic, man. It is, it's contagious. <laughs> well, I'm happy to help. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, I mean, the, the best part too is like, you you hear that in your music, dude. And I, I, I if your personality comes through in your playing and that's, that's tough. That's tough to, to do, I think. And, and you nail it. So. Well, I just, I just love the music so much i feel so blessed and so thankful to be able to to make music and and do this as a living i mean it, it's just i i can't i can not not be happy you know <laughs> well buddy i hope we cross paths sooner rather than later i'll definitely probably see you at um ibma this year um absolutely i, I saw you walk by like two or three times and never got a chance to i, I mean, know we were both running I in like know. opposite directions Dude, it was crazy. There's so many, so many places I needed to get to, and so many people I wanted to see that I never had a chance to. I remember we passed each other a few times. It's like we're gonna, we're gonna fix that next year. Yeah, let's pick one for sure. <laughs> Please, I would love that. Awesome, Nick. Thank you once again, buddy. Thanks again for having me, Daniel. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you so much, Nick, for doing the podcast. Go out and get Nick's new album today. Links to Nick's website and to the Skyline Records website are in the description below. It's also Bandcamp Friday if you're listening today, February 3rd. Go out and buy all your favorite artist music today. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>